0: All right, good evening everybody. We'll start out uh, with prayer and then we'll go to Joshua chapter four. All right. Father, I just pray that you speak through me in these moments, Lord. My tongue and my voice, but your words. Give me wisdom, give me discernment. give a message to your people. May it bless their hearts, may it encourage them and strengthen them. And grow them in the knowledge of you and grow their trust and faith in your son, Jesus Christ. Pray for the missionaries and that you continue to open the doors that need to be opened and shut the ones that need to be shut for their safety. Uh, pray blessings over over the gospel as it goes out and we know your word will not return void. And I pray for all the, all the people of this church, Lord, as we think of uh, this time of Thanksgiving and all the traveling people will do. May you give them safe travels. And may you bless their time with their families and may it be an enjoyable time of thankfulness as we always remember the number one most thankful thing we have, Jesus dying for our sins. pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. All right, Joshua chapter 4. No. No, we came five, so you know. no, you were there for four. That's why I said you could preach this tonight. So good, Mike. So good, Ellie. Bob missed it, so did Barbara, but uh, you know, so I got kind of short notice here, what we're talking about is, uh, do a Bible study on Monday nights, we're going through Joshua, and some people attend that, so when I say Joshua 4, we just covered this about a month ago, Jeremy was supposed to be your speaker tonight, but he faked sick, so I told him I already had something kind of prepared, but... I thought it was prepared, and then as I was going through it, I realized, man, I think I forgot everything, so I'm betting you did too, so this is going to be new for you, Clark. Thank you. So we're going to be in Joshua chapter 4. I kind of picked this topic because of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's a time where we're supposed to remember something that previously happened, right? Mm-hmm. That's the whole point, and I mean, it kind of goes back to that meal that our founding, not exactly our founding fathers, but the beginning of America was happening. And we're supposed to give thanks for what happened, what grew into this nation we call America. So it's, it's a stone of remembrance that our forefathers, our government, have put into place so all the children of America that came after that time can look at this stone of remembrance and remember the beginnings of our nation. And so we're going to read a chapter on exactly the same type of thing. So we're going to be in Joshua chapter 4. So if you'll turn down your Bibles and read with me. You don't have to read it out loud, just me follow along. You can read it out loud if you want. Joshua chapter 4. Everybody got it? All right. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them, that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so, just as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. Then Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there to this day. So the priests who bore the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. And the people hurried and crossed over. Then it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over that the ark of the Lord and the priests crossed over in the presence of the people. And the men of Reuben, the men of Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh crossed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses had spoken to them. About 40,000 prepared for war crossed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him, as they had feared Moses all the days of his life. Then the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Command the priests who bear the ark of testimony to come up from the Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, Come up from the Jordan. And it came to pass when the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord had come from the midst of the Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet touched the dry land, that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. Now the people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. Then he spoke to our children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever amen so as you can see the the point of this chapter is remembrance he tells them to set up stones of remembrance right so they have something in some hospitals some cancer wards where the cancer patients when they're in there when they feel like they've completed their treatment They've been healed. They've fought the battle. They've got through it. They come in. They get checked up their final time. And the doctor gives them a clean bill of health and says, you can go out now. They say, before you go out, we want you to mark this moment. Before you leave here, we need you to go ring that bell. And they have a bell that they ring the bell to serve a couple purposes. One purpose is to mark the moment and remind them of all the struggles that they've come through. And now this is a point of completion. Let's not remember all the struggles, all the treatments, all the radiation, all the sickness and struggle and pain and suffering that you went through. And now, look at you now. The doctor gave you a clean bill of health and you can move forward. Let's mark this moment and not forget all the struggles that we fought through that we're now leaving behind. And then the second reason to have them ring the bell Is because there's still other people in that cancer ward. There's still other people going through similar struggles, and they need some encouragement that somebody's been through the same struggle I'm going through, and not only did they go through it, they made it. They beat it. They won the battle, and if they won it, then I can win that battle too. So it's an encouragement to the people in the cancer ward. And so that's kind of what God is doing here. He said, I need you to set up some stones of remembrance because one day we're going to have some struggles and you need to be able to look back on the faithfulness of God in your times of struggle and know, I've been through a struggle before. I've suffered before. I've had times of stumble and hurt and pain and I don't know how I'd get through it, but God stepped up and his faithfulness was beautiful and with me every moment and he got me through it. And because of that moment, I know he will be with me in my next battle and he'll get me through that one too. Amen. So he's telling these people, I need you to take a moment to remember what the Lord has done for us, what the Lord has done for you. So God's kind of big on remembering. Matter of fact, what's the main reason we come to fellowship at least one day a week, what we call church on Sundays? We are the church, right? The body of Christ is the church. It's not actually a building, but we call it going to church. Why do we come together? To praise the Lord, yep. To fellowship. What else? What did for us? You guys shouldn't be allowed to answer. Nice memories though. Good job. I'm glad you do remember. So we, you know, when you think about it, why do you go to church? You go cuz number 1, God commanded us to not forsake the fellowship. Number 2, we go because God says, we need each other. We're a body, and if I'm the hand and you're the wrist, Well, you better show up because the hand can't function very well without the wrist. We're all a body. We're supposed to be doing our parts and helping each other. We also need to come to hear the Word of God. We need to come to sing His praises. We need to come to worship. We need to come to give our tithes and offerings. There's many reasons to come to church. But the number one reason we always come to church that should be everything else should be centered around is to remember the Lord. We come to remember the Lord because that is the focal point and the foundation that for everything else we do. If we give our offerings but we don't remember the Lord, then we didn't come to church properly. We should be coming to remember the Lord so much so that God said, I'm going to give you a couple stones of remembrance to help you remember the Lord. What are the stones of remembrance that God has put in to remind us of the Lord? More than probably. That's exactly what it is. You nailed it. Someone give her some Halloween candy. That's right. Communion. So the stones of remembrance, the bread and the wine, those are specifically to remind us of the Lord and what He did for us, His sacrifice where He paid the penalty for my sin and yours. Everything in the Christian faith is centered around around that. We must remember the Lord. A lot of times people go to church and we kind of get caught up in the other stuff and we're not remembering the Lord in our... Gatherings; It kind of becomes more of a social meeting or a social gathering rather than remembering the Lord and His sacrifice. And I think we've all probably been guilty of that at some point in our lives. So may this be a reminder that everything centers around the sacrifice of Christ. That should be the number one reason to come and gather every Sunday is to remember the Lord. So, we read through Joshua chapter 4. And to kind of give you a, a recap of where they're coming from, or lay the context. They were in the wilderness for 40 years. So God had led them out of Egypt, right? All the miracles of Moses. They're in the wilderness for 40 years because of disobedience. Now it's finally time to move into the promised land that they should have been in years ago. The last boundary before entering the promised land is the Jordan River. All right, well, how are we getting over there? God said, don't you worry, I'm going to do another miracle right before your very eyes to remind you of my awesome, mighty power. I am with you, and I'm not just one of these fake, phony gods. I'm the Lord God Almighty, creator of the heavens and the earth. And if I tell the waters to recede and move back, they will do it. And may that be a testimony to your faith that you have the one true God. And so he tells them what to do. He says, take the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, which, by the way, was just a box. An ark is a box. Noah's Ark was, it was really Noah's box, actually. Um, And the Ark was containing a couple things in it. Anybody remember what was in the box? The Ten Commandments. Also, to serve them as a reminder of God's law, which convicts us of our sin, reminds us of our sin. There was a couple other things. The manna, which reminds the people of God's, Faithfulness. All those years they were wandering in the wilderness, they never starved to death, even though it was the wilderness, because he made sure he provided bread and birds for the meat to feed his people. And then there was one other thing, the rod. The rod that they used to kind of do the miracles, right? Moses and Aaron, when they were going around with the rod and they dropped his rod and it ate up the rod of the, It it turned into a snake and ate up the snake of the, Magicians or whatever they were that Pharaoh had, so you got something to remind him of God's power. You got the rod. You got something to remind him of God's faithfulness. You got the uh, the manna, the pot of manna, and you got something to remind him of uh, what was the other one? The Ten, the Ten Commandments of God's law and His righteousness. Amen. So he's big on remembrance, and he says, "Take the take the box, the Ark of the Covenant, and take the priests out and have them step their feet in the water." He says, I'm not going to part the waters before you get in the water. You're going to have to do something for me to do this miracle. I'm telling you I'm going to part the waters, but I'm not going to part them while you're back in the tent and you say, oh, it must be time to go. No, I'm going to do a miracle for you, but every time I'm going to do a miracle for you, I require you to do some action on your part as well. So I'm telling you i got a good miracle planned for you. I will part these waters so you can walk through it on dry land, but it's not going to happen until you step foot in the water showing you trust me and you step out in faith. And as soon as their feet stepped in the waters, the waters receded, It seems to have receded back 15 miles. And it stood up like a wall, if you read the previous chapter. Yes, Clark? I have a question. You know, and and this might not mean a whole lot, but you know how it says they they picked up a stone? They picked up a stone out of the river, right? And and they carried that off to wherever to remember it, right? Yeah. But then did they pick up stones and then they stack them in the center of the... the, Yeah. Where they they were standing with the ark, right? Yep. They they stacked stones in... That's exactly right. So... We don't really know why, but we know that he did it. But that's what it says. God commanded him to. So, so they step in the water. The ark of the covenant with the priest steps in the water, and the waters part. So then, all the people start marching across. It kind of lays out how they did it. They had some armed men on the front, just in case people on the other side were waiting to attack course God knew what was going to happen but nevertheless that's how he told them to go and then after they got through after the last person got through God said before we are done here before I let the waters come back over I need you to go back in and take 12 stones out of the bottom of the Jordan River for and bring them out and you set them up over in the promised land 12 stones one for each tribe to serve as a memorial as a stone of remembrance so you always remember how you were in the wilderness and now God brought you out of the promised land and he did it with a mighty miracle again. And then Joshua took it, took it a step further. He says, I'm not just going to do that. Let's take 12 stones to lay it in the promised land, but let's also take some stones and lay them where the priest's feet were standing in the middle of the Ark of the Covenant. Who can see that? Now yeah. yeah, when the waters pass back over, nobody can see that anymore. But God saw it. And it was just another thing that was in Joshua's heart as a way to honor God and the Ark of the Covenant and everything that stood for, standing for God's presence with the people. He wanted to honor that spot. Anytime you have a special encounter with God in the Old Testament, they generally build an altar or do something to remember their encounter with the Lord. And so I think Joshua had that on his heart to do that. So, we're all going to have Jordan Rivers, right? We're all going to have moments where we need God to step in in our lives. And just as God stepped in here, does a miracle, have some part to see before he's done. He says, by the way, I need you to ring that bell. I need you to set up some stones of remembrance for the other people that are going to be coming around so we can always remember what the Lord did here. We're going to have moments of crisis in our life, whether it's a financial crisis, a relationship crisis, a health crisis. I mean, there's all kinds of crisis. And we're going to need to have some stones of remembrance to serve as encouragement to keep us going forward. A couple of reasons we need these stones of remembrance. One reason is if we don't look back on the moments where God kind of stepped in in our lives and God helped and God aided us through and got us through, we might become prideful and independent. And start living our lives apart from God as if we don't need his help because everything's going fine. Every time you got a stone of remembrance, that reminds you, no, I had struggles and it's God who got me through it, not myself. You remember Jesus, or not Jesus, Peter had a problem like that. He said, I don't know about all these other boys, but I will never turn my back on you. I will stand by your side even if I have to die for you. And then Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Within 12 hours, you'll have denied me three times. So I know you say you will f- stand by me and fight to the death because you're so confident in your own abilities, but I'm telling you, all humans are weak. And don't be prideful. Don't be so confident in yourself that you think you can do everything by yourself. You need to be dependent on me. And pride gets in the way. That Peter had a little pride. He said, I can do it. I will never turn my back on you, Christ. And sure enough, he failed, and that's supposed to be a testimony to us. These stones of remembrance remind us No matter how well things are going in our lives, it's the Lord who's standing by our side and carrying us through, and he's always with us. Every good thing we have comes from above, according to the book of James, right? Next reason is that we need to have these stones of remembrance. What about when that next crisis comes? Are you going to worry? Are you going to get major anxiety? Are you going to be scared? Are you going to wonder, how am I going to get through this? That happens a lot. Well, we should have stones of remembrance in our lives, not literal stones. I mean, you could have a literal stone, but we should have a stone of remembrance. For example, I got one right here. That's my stone of remembrance. It's 13 years old, a clear eye patch. Guy told me, man, you're a horrible pirate. I don't even know why I have this. At least I didn't, I didn't know why I kept it all these years. But it's, it's a stone of remembrance for me. Every time I look back on it, I'm reminded of my, my brain surgery where half of my face was dead for a year. deaf in my right ear, my face on this side doesn't work right. Well, for a year, it didn't work at all. And I'd have to drink like this because as soon as I drink, it'd spill out that side of my mouth because I couldn't close my mouth because this side of my face didn't work. My eye wouldn't shut. It wouldn't blink, so it, never, it wouldn't produce tears. And so that's why I had to wear this stupid eye patch. They said, we can either sew your eye shut, or you can wear put a bunch of you know hardcore moisturizer in there so your eye doesn't burn out, and then we'll put this on to trap the moisture, and that way your eye doesn't die. So I guess I'll go with the eye patch. So this is a stone of remembrance of one of my struggles in my life where... <laughs> God was with me. He got me through that. You know, uh, there's more battles ahead. And you need stones of remembrance like these. Some people have a prayer wall. You know, there was a movie about that a few years ago, a Christian movie, and this lady had a prayer wall. War room, War room there you go. Strongly encouraged prayer walls. All the things you've been praying for, right? And what happens when that prayer is answered? You take it down, you throw it in the trash so you can fill more up, right? No, 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 no. You just slide that over to the answered prayer column. That way, when you walk back over to that prayer board, you can look up here and say, answered, 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 answered. And those answered prayers are your stones of remembrance that God is alive and he's still working and he's working in your life. If you'll just take a moment to look back and remember when he intervened. Amen? So I... I do this in my life, but sadly I don't do it as much for Christian things as I should. My son's a baseball player, at this moment anyway. He's 12. Baseball is a hard game. You know, uh, if you succeed only three times out of ten they consider you an all-star and if you can do that for your whole career you're like a hall of famer if I get a base hit three times out of ten that means I failed 70% of the time it's a really hard game and I know one day he's going even though he's having success right now he's going to get in a big slump he's going to move up to face pitchers that are better bigger better tougher and he's going to strike out and he's going to fail and he's going to think man am I good enough to do this maybe I'm not good enough well he just went to Cooperstown, New York for a huge tournament nationwide and in eight games he hit eight home runs off the top talent in the nation awesome nothing to do with salvation but what do you think i did with those baseballs I got every one of them, and I got them engraved. Home run number one, home run number two. And I put them in his room. So when that day comes, when he gets into high school, or whenever it comes, and he starts struggling, he starts slumping, he thinks he's not good enough, the game's passing him by. He can look back on those moments when he was the man, and he was good enough. And he put in the work, and that's why he was so successful. And if he'll just keep working, he'll fight through it, and it'll be there. He has stones of remembrance to prove that he has what it takes. Well, why do I do that for something as silly as sports? But I don't have a whole lot of stones of remembrance for his Christian testimony. That's on me. And maybe you have similar moments for you. We should have stones of testimony, stones of remembrance for our walks of faith. So, I'm going to give you some purposes of these stones of remembrance. Sit down, Clark. <laughs> Am I yelling too loud? You got to back up five feet? (laughs) All right. So, according to the Scriptures now. Let's go to verse 24. I'll actually read from 23 since it's kind of the middle of a sentence. So I'll read from 23. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. So one reason we need these stones of remembrance, so the world may know the mighty hand of the Lord. You know, I heard a guy say once, this is a great recruiting tool when you have stones of remembrance. For example, when I had my brain surgery and my face was all dead on one side, I was in a group of uh, young men who were supposed to try and do good for the world, you know, do charitable causes, things like that. And I went to this meeting and I was still happy. I didn't like what my face looked like, but I knew my face doesn't define me. Thankfully, I'd already married my wonderful wife, so I didn't have that fear anymore and uh, i was still a happy guy because i have the joy of the lord i knew that no matter what suffering i'm going through right now it too will pass and if it doesn't pass in this life well it'll pass in the next one i'm promised heaven i'm promised a glorified body so whatever i'm going through right now is temporary and this man came up to me and said i need to take you to lunch i said okay you don't need to i mean i'm fine like you don't have to do me any favor just because i have a little problem and he said, no, no, I don't need to take you to lunch for you. I need you to take you to lunch for me. And I go, okay, man, all right, we'll go tomorrow. So I went to lunch, and uh, I said, so what can I do for you? And he said, I need to know what you got. I was like, I don't have a disease or anything, I don't think. And he said, no, 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 no. I'm a millionaire, and your face is broken, and you look like a Halloween costume, and you have more happiness than I do. Why? And I had the greatest recruiting tool of all time. My stone of remembrance, my face, opened up the door for me to testify to the world of the goodness of the Lord God Almighty and His Son, Jesus Christ. So it gave me an opportunity to share the gospel to the world. couple reasons that's important. Number one, when God does something in our lives, we need to tell somebody. couple reasons, he says, <laughs> to strike, it strikes fear in people. You'll see as you read through, if you read through the chapters of Joshua, they hear all the mighty works of the Lord, and it says their hearts melt when they hear that the people of God are coming against them next, because they know that God's power is real. The second reason is, it's a great recruiting tool. The Yankees, when they win, they hang up a banner. And they win again. They hang up another banner and another banner and another banner. So when everybody comes to play and they see all these banners, everybody wants to be a part of a winning team. Well, when we have these stones of remembrance showing God wins all the time, every time, one way or the other, God wins. Who doesn't want to be on the winning team? You see that happened with Rahab, right? She knew that The other team was coming against my team and the other team always wins. I know their leader. Their leader is the Lord God Almighty and no one can defeat him. How do I get on that team? And she jumped ship and she got on that team because she believed that the other team had God and that God was real and true. So when God does something for us, we need to hang a banner. We need to tell somebody. We need to tell the world. Next up, again in verse 24. That all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. And then second part, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So the next reason we need stones of remembrance are for us. We're not, he's not saying to remember in a sentimental way. He's saying remember with the purpose of taking action. He says that you may fear the Lord your God forever. When you remember all the mighty times God stepped in and intervened in your life, You know He is real. You know His power is mighty. You know He knows all things. And may that give you a healthy, reverential respect for His authority and His power and His all-knowingness. So we then change our behavior, it guides our actions, and we do the right thing because we know He knows all and He sees all and He is almighty. And may that healthy fear of the consequences of coming against the almighty God drive us into obedience when we don't have a healthy fear of the Lord we might start living a sin and think God's not going to do anything about it I can do whatever I want and we abuse his grace and judgment will come for that discipline starts the house of the Lord right so another reason we need these stones of remembrance are so we remember how awesome and mighty God is And that mindset will steer us into how we live and guide our actions going forward. The next reason, the last reason that I have anyway, verse 6 and 21. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean? What do they mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Go to 21. Then He spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, just as the Lord God did at the Red Sea. So this is these stones of remembrance are to serve as a teaching point a talking point for our families he says when your children grow up and they see these stones they will ask you what are they for what do they mean why is there 12 big stones out here where did they come from why are they lined up in a row what's that about and it opens up the conversation so that you can tell them about the mighty things God did in your life And it will teach them, it will train them, it will raise them up in the knowledge of the Lord. We shouldn't have to depend on the stories of the Bible as the testimonies that God is real and alive. We should have our own stones of remembrance. You don't need a ministry degree. You don't need to go to seminary to teach up your children about God. Matter of fact, it's not the pastor's job, it's not the Sunday school teacher's job, the Iwana teacher's job, the Brawley Christian Academy teacher's jobs. It's the father's job and the mother's job. But the father is the lead according to the word of God. And the wife is supposed to be his helpmate and help lead the children. And when the father is away, she leads the children in the way that the father has already laid laid out. And I don't need... All the testimonies of Abraham and David and Moses. I could take the kids to my own stones of remembrance and tell them God is real. He is alive today and he's intervened in my life. I could tell my son Cade how the doctor said he had Down syndrome. And I prayed and fasted as God said. And I said, I don't know if he does, but they say he does. And I said, God, please heal him. And I prayed and fasted for three days, and on the third day, God answered. And he said, he doesn't have it. Now, I don't know if he said he doesn't have it anymore, and I healed him, or he doesn't have it, be at peace, the doctor's got it wrong. But whatever it is, he spoke to me that day, and he says, your child is fine, be at peace. Six hours later, I went in. The doctor's doing the ultrasound, or whatever it's called again, and they said, something's different, He, he doesn't have Down syndrome. And I said, I know Praise God, God already told me. That's a stone I will share with Kate many times. God intervened. God is good. So these are to serve as our talking points, our teaching points with our children. It's to open up doors. I have a. I meant to bring multiple stones of remembrance for myself. I got one right here. That's a stone of remembrance, right? It's to remind me of the vow I made to my wife before the Lord God Almighty. I didn't just make a vow to Sarah. I made a vow to God to love and honor His child Sarah in the way He's called me to do it. Well, in case I forget, I got a stone of remembrance to remind me of that vow. Um, I have a little... Card that's got a verse on it. it says Romans ten nine. It was given to me uh, by my sister when I was about twelve, because twelve was the t- it was the time I stood up before the congregation for the first time and professed my belief and trust in Jesus Christ. Amen. And I gave a verse: "If you confess to your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead. You will be saved." That was my verse. My sister got me this little little write-up of that verse only in a little, you know, stand just about an inch wide, just tiny tiny little write-up of that verse and I kept it to this day. I always remember that verse my moment where I professed Christ before the world. We should have our own stones of remembrance. And I'll wrap up with this, Verse 19. Now, the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the month, and they camped in Gilgal, on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. Uh, all of this has been for us, kind of more on an individual level. This is for us as a group of believers. Gilgal was their headquarters city. Once they crossed over the Jordan, once they entered the promised land, Gilgal, Gilgal was their headquarters. They'd go out to battle and fight Jericho, and then they'd come back. They'd go out and fight another battle, and they'd come back to Gilgal. And every time they'd come back, after being in the battlefield, they'd come back and they'd see these stones that they'd set up, reminding them of God's faithfulness. And they'd gather, regather, as a people of God, and they'd share stories. Hey, man, I was on the backside of Jericho when the walls fell down, when they blew the trumpets. It was amazing. And... It didn't kill all the people, but when we ran in and their army was triple as big as ours, God did exactly what he said, and there was confusion amongst the people of Jericho, and they didn't know what to do. They started fighting each other, and when we came up, we weren't even trained soldiers like them. Their trained soldiers just turned their backs and made it easy, and we lost no men, and they're sharing stories of this, encouraging, strengthening fellow believers with their own stories of how God intervened in their lives. And then they go back out to the next battle. And they come back and they share stories again. And that's the picture for us. Gilgal is our church. We go out in the world, the battlefield. And we come back always to our headquarters, the church. And we're to share stories, stones of remembrance to encourage, to strengthen each other. There's somebody going through a struggle who needs to hear that you went through that same struggle and God got you through it if you just trust and obey. There's no other way. And so we need to be coming and gathering and ringing that bell and sharing stories when God intervened for the encouragement of the fellow believers to strengthen our faith because we will have seasons of doubt. We need these stones of remembrance. We need these living testimonies to remind us God is still alive today. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's still alive. I need to hear your testimonies. You need to hear mine. Mine. We need to strengthen each other and encourage each other that our faith is in a real, holy, living God. We shouldn't be going through this world alone and we just show up and we don't talk. We should be sharing testimonies. And I know they used to do this. Testimony Sundays or something like that. I know that's actually kind of what we've done over the years on the evening service, right? We uh, pass the microphone around every now and then. We need to be doing that. We need to be coming back to Gilgal. We need to be coming back... To our church, where we share testimony, stones of remembrance for the encouragement of everybody else. So we'll wrap up with that.